0: Happy Labor Day, Chapel Roswell. Right now, I'm thinking about Labor Day, and so if you happen to be watching this on that Sunday at the 11 o'clock Chapel Roswell hour, I hope you're having a great weekend, and I hope you enjoy your extra day tomorrow. My name is Marian Brown, and it is wonderful to be in a time of worship with you. Of course, we know that no matter the day, no matter the time, No matter which room of your house you happen to be in, even if you're outside, no matter who you're with, it's always good to take a moment for worship. And so now, may our spirits settle in. May the distractions around us not be too many. And may those things of stress and worry and list of things to do may they just be on pause for a moment and may god bless our technology that we're using so that we may be in worship together now and may the spirit of christ that lives within each of us move now among us for this time of a meditation and a time of holy communion welcome back to chapflix This is our series where we're actually taking time to read for the first time or for the thousandth time different self-contained stories in scripture. So it could be that there are these stories that you know really well, could be that some of them you've never heard, it could be that some of them you just need a little reminder about. And so season three, episode one, we talked about the one with the tower season three episode two that was the one where they threw the brother in the pit you remember that one and now episode three the one where we're in the kitchen this week's story it's an ancient 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 story that was passed down through oral tradition and so people took the time to tell it over and over and over again and it was a very very important story because it's the beginning of what's called the prophetic cycle so this story is what begins the story of god's prophets and finally after years of people just telling this story through oral tradition the story was finally written down and it was written down in the book of first kings (laughs) Now, I know what you're thinking. You love First Kings. It is a real page-turner. I know you've all read it. And uh, you know, Second Kings makes absolutely no sense unless you read First Kings first, right? <laughs> yeah. I hope you're laughing with me. It's a little bit of a preacher joke because we all know that no one's just sitting around reading First Kings or Second Kings. But you could if you wanted to. Actually, it's meant to be read together. It started from 1 Kings all the way to the end of 2 Kings as one literary narrative. So, if it really is Labor Day weekend when you're watching this, then you've got an extra day. So, tell your friends just to wait, tell your family to wait, forget those lake plans, and you can read the entire story of Kings. But, our story for today. It's written in chapter 17. So there's a prophet named Elijah, and God tells this prophet to move. The prophet must go east, and God says to Elijah, Do not worry about anything, because I've commanded the birds to feed you. The story actually says this. So he went, and did according to the word of the Lord. He went, and he lived by the wadi sherith which is east of the Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning. And the ravens brought him bread and meat in the evening, and he drank from the wadi. But after a while, the wadi dried up because there was no rain in the land." This is a great visual to me, to think about Elijah being outside at this wadi. Wadi is kind of a valley. And as long as it's raining, there's water that will collect. So here we have this prophet who is drinking on the rainwater while birds bring him bread and meat. We usually are the ones feeding the birds, but in this story, the birds are feeding the prophet. And of course, as what normally happens in Scripture, there's a famine, something's wrong, and the wadi dries up, there's no more rain. And so God says, it's time now, Elijah, for you to move again. I need you to go eastward again. So Elijah set out and went to Zarephath. When he came to the gate of the town, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her and said, Bring me a little water in a vessel so that I may drink. As she was going to bring it, he called to her and said, Bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. But she said, As the Lord your God lives, I have nothing baked, only a handful of meal in a jar and a little oil in a jug. I am now gathering a couple of sticks so that I may go home and prepare it for myself and for my son that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said to her, Do not be afraid, do not be afraid. Go and do as you have said, but first make me a little cake of it and bring it to me. And afterwards, make something for yourself and for your son. For thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, the jar of meal will not be emptied and the jug of oil will not fail you until the day that the Lord sends rain upon the earth. So she went and she did exactly what Elijah said, so that she as well as he and her household ate for many days. The jar of meal was not emptied, neither did the jug of oil fail according to the word of the Lord, that he spoke by elijah and there ends our first story of the prophetic cycle of elijah now this is a very very important story because it was used to prove something it was used so that history would be set by the word of god through the actions of prophets and not the king. It's an important story because it sets history according to the word of God, through the action of a prophet and not the king's. So to say it another way, theologically speaking, history is set not by secular things, not by secular people, but by spiritual events and spiritual people. So just by following the word of God, In the action of a prophet, God feeds a stranger and an entire household. Just recently, I was speaking to a new Chapel Roswell family. They have found Chapel Roswell in these last months of the pandemic, and they've been watching and we visited a little bit. And the wife is a baker. And she said to me, I just love to be in the kitchen and I love to bake. And she said, but when I'm baking, I know the food is never for me. She said, I don't know who it's always for, but I know it's not mine. She said one day after baking, she got a phone call from a neighbor and the neighbor shared that her son didn't like vegetables. She just could not get this child to eat vegetables. And could she offer any help? And our Chapel Roswell Baker said, Oh, I have just the thing for you. And from the freezer, she pulled out zucchini muffins. Through the words of God and through the actions of a prophet, God fed a child and a neighborhood. Right behind me is our church kitchen. And you will see our kitchen crew has been very busy at work. And what they're doing today they're preparing for lunch and they've been doing this since march when things were closing all around us when restaurants were not available when grocery store hours were very slim and when people were sheltering at home our very skilled down kitchen crew they were actually making food they've been making lunches for people and all you have to do is you come through our contactless drive-through and you can receive a portioned meal and we have stories from these meals right here from our kitchen. People from all over have been fed. And even though the kitchen crew may not know the faces of all their feeding, they work every day on their behalf. Additionally, we have an incredible feeding ministry called My Neighbor's Pantry. And our kitchen crew, they are buying raw meat and cooking it and then vacuuming vacuum sealing it into individual portions so that more of our community can be fed through fresh produce and fresh vegetables and meat and dairy. So, just through the words of God, through an action of a prophet, God is feeding a church and a community. And again, I say to you, these stories are important. These stories are important because God is using the Ravens and a widow and a Chapel Roswell baker and an entire kitchen crew to bring water and to make a cake and to give bread because in a time of scarcity and a time of pandemic, there is still meal in the jar and oil in the jug for those who need it the most. History is being set as we speak. And we have a choice. Will we be a part of a history of secular events and secular rulers? Or will we be a part of those ancient, ancient stories of an oral tradition in the book of Kings where history is set by the prophets of God? history is being set right now and we can be the Word of God and the action of the prophets over and over and over again. And so on this Labor Day weekend I ask you who has labored for you and who now must we labor for? Because it could be that in this moment this is our own chapter 17 This is our introduction to our own prophetic cycle story. Amen. The story of Elijah is also called a miracle story because part of this story has features of folklore and legend. And it's meant to astonish us because God uses this story to show that someone who has nothing actually could provide everything. And the story of God making food multiply story of God using a widow, those are themes that are used again and again in the New Testament. We know miracle stories that are in the New Testament very well. The Gospels tell us that Jesus said, whenever I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. When I was hungry, you gave me food. And when I was a stranger, you welcomed me. Again and again, any time that we eat or drink or share hospitality, we do so for Christ. And so in these moments, we prepare our hearts and our minds to receive that miracle of Holy Communion. And we connect this table with the many tables of this weekend. So take this moment, go ahead, find some bread, find some juice, whatever you want to use for communion. And make sure you have enough for everybody around you. And let's go in the chapel and join the band for a time of communion. Okay. We're back. We're here in the chapel, and it is amazing to be back together with our band. It is a sacred, sacred energy and such an amazing energy in this place as we are ready for Holy Communion. I hope that you have everything you need for communion with you. Just so you know, each of us, every member of our band and the members of our production crew, we already have next to us our juice and our bread. And so now we invite you to connect your table with ours because we know that the Lord is in this place with us in this chapel just as the Lord is with you in your place. And so may our joint tables be a part of that larger one. And we know that the table that we are approaching now is not a table of Chapel Roswell. It's not a table of the United Methodist Church. It's God's table. And at God's table, all are welcome. And so always know that you may be a part of Holy Communion at your comfort level. Whether you are a member of this church, another denomination, or none at all, you are always open to experience God's grace at God's table. And so it is that we remember the life and the lessons and the stories of Jesus told to us through scriptures. That when Jesus got together with friends, he would take bread and juice and he would bless them. And so on the night that God gave himself up for us, Jesus took the cup, blessed the cup, took the bread and broke the bread, saying, do this as often as you would in remembrance of me. And so now we ask, Lord, that you pour out your Holy Spirit on these elements here in front of us. No matter what they may be, Lord, pour out your Spirit on them so that we may receive your love and your grace in a new way. Speak to us in these moments so that we may remember the many lessons that have been taught to us that we may remember all of the lessons of Jesus and that we too may be a witness to that life and death and resurrection. So we may one day join at that heavenly banquet and we all together can say thank you. Amen. And so now take, eat. This is the bread of God given for you. take and drink. This is the cup of salvation offered for you. Let us pray. Gracious and holy Lord, we know that there have been times this week that we have not lived up to our best. Forgive us for those moments. Forgive us for the times that we just didn't say the right word or do the right thing and show us ways this next week to do it differently. Give us those moments again, Lord, where we can show people mercy and compassion and love in new ways. Also, Lord, be with the many people that we represent There are so many people in our families and our friend circles that we're thinking about. Be with all of them. For any of those who have just been stressed out this week or have some kind of anxiety about something, Lord, be with them and ease their minds. For people who have loved ones that are approaching death or in the process of death, be with them. Grant your peace in those moments as people say goodbye. Lord, be with people as they are in hospitals and doctor's appointments and just in the midst of whatever treatment may look like. May you be the great physician guiding those decisions and guiding those hands. And Lord, be with the many people who are celebrating something. Maybe it's a birthday or an anniversary or just celebrating that it's a fun long weekend. Be in the midst of that joy as well. And Lord, continue to use us. Use us as you need us to take what we have been fed and to take all that we have been given and to begin to share it with someone else. Help us to feed others and help us to be the prophets that unite us to be. And Lord continue to pray for our world. Pray for our global world and pray for our local community. And may we be whatever we're called to be within it. And we ask all of these things saying the prayer that your son taught us.